0: Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. I'm very excited to be here. Um, As Carla said, I am a director of product at Zendesk. Thought it'd be useful to give you a bit of context on me and why I chose this particular topic to uh, speak on. It is the week of Valentine's, it's the week of love, and I'm very interested in relationships, both uh, professional and my personal relationships, so I thought I'd speak on, on something on that a little bit. Uh, different to some of the other talks. Um, I have always worked in technology. I started my career in uh, San Francisco working in a startup. I've worked across the US and uh, Europe, working for companies like Paddy Power, Walt Disney, Intercom, uh, WPP, so a variety of industries in a variety of locations. I am also uh, have worked in project delivery and product delivery as well as product management. I am obsessed with getting the product into our customers' hands and our users' hands and not just building it. Um, so yeah, and I'm also like the eldest of five children, which will give a little bit of context as to why I'm so interested in relationships. From an early age, I've tried to understand what motivates people, how to get people to pull together. When I was a child, it was more about how can I get more space in the bedroom, Um, but obviously in work that translates into how can we get people with different backgrounds, different experiences, pulling together as one to build great product. So today I'm going to talk a little bit around a relationship that I don't feel that we think of in the same way that we think of our other relationships within product development. I'll share some examples and my own opinions as to why these relationships work well and why they don't work well, and hopefully give you some, something to think about and reflect on for your own teams, um, and hopefully you can apply. In my experience, there is a relationship, and I'll talk to you, my engineering friend, that we navel-gaze on in product development. We obsess, We obsess over the relationship between engineering and product. We spend so much time thinking about it. And you know, I'm, I'll call out some of the things that we think about, and this is by no means an extensive list. We think about, have we got the right tension? Are, like, are, we, are we working together well? Are we delivering the right efficiencies within our teams? Are we working as effectively as possible? Have we come together to solutionize and to validate those solutions correctly? Do our teams understand not only what we're building, but why we're building it? Like there are only a few of the things that we think about when we're working with our engineering partners. How many of us apply the same thinking when we're working with our marketing partners? A very important relationship when we're building and shipping product. So before we kind of delve in to the PMM and PM relationship, you know, I think it's important to reflect on what we mean or what I mean when I talk about product and product orgs. It takes an army to build and maintain a product. We have our product teams, which we're all familiar with, and it's beyond just design, product product management, engineering. At Zendesk in particular, we have a big product. We've got translation, education, um, documentation, uh, marketing and support that support us building and maintaining our product. And then we have our ancillary teams. We have finance, legal, security. And then we have our customers the beating heart of why we do things outside of the money. Um, You know, they keep us honest. They tell us what's working well. And in my opinion, more importantly, they tell us what's not working well in our product. So let's for a moment just think about how we work in a world before agile, Scrum, Kanban, insert what your organization calls your agile movement. There were handoffs. We literally threw things from product, or in my day, we didn't even have product managers when I started. We took terminology and the vernacular from TV. It was producers. Um, From that group of people to engineering or to design, and then over the fence to QA. And in those handoffs, there were gaps in context. There were gaps in understanding. The why wasn't often explained, why we were doing something, why we were solving this particular problem, the what may have been. And when there's a gap in, con- in context and understanding, what do we fill it with? Assumptions. And when we fill the work that we're doing and we're building with assumptions, there's going to be problems. Problems for the team, potentially. Problems for the product, ultimately. And while a lot of our organisations have moved away from a pure waterfall um, methodology for our software development and, and um, arguably our hardware, hardware development too other parts of our organisations still operate that way whether it be finance or other teams that we work with it definitely works that way in some organisations for the product manager and product marketing relationship Product build a feature and then they're like here you go product marketing can you tell the world about that please and let's make sure we hit our number The context is lost, the gaps are filled with assumptions. It's not good for the product, it's certainly not good for the team who have built that feature, and it's not good for our customers. And these are like two extreme examples that I'm going to talk about when that relationship and that context isn't there. Your team work very hard in building a feature. We bring our product marketing peer in late in the game. They don't have context where they have a deadline for when they have to get the campaign out or whatever the marketing um, roadmap is for you guys. So they they get something done, but it doesn't necessarily reflect why we've built it and the problem that's going to be solved to the extent or at all what we wanted to say. So while it's an extreme to say it's vaporware, you know, in using that example, it, it isn't what necessarily the team are building for. So there's a missed opportunity. The other extreme of that is tumbleweed. We build our product. The team sweat blood and tears over it. Nothing. And it could be nothing because we don't engage our product marketing person, or we engage them too late and they've missed the deadline and the opportunity. There's tons of reasons why. These are extremes, but I've experienced both. So I've picked three of the main things in my experience, why there's tension or a not functioning, highly functioning um, uh, relationship between product and product marketing, and I'm sure you guys can add to it. Something you'll be possibly sick of me saying by the end of this talk is roles and responsibilities. Unclear roles and responsibilities, a lack of alignment on the problem to be solved, and when measures of success differ, where there's no shared measure of success. So when we think about roles and responsibilities, it causes a lot of tension and a lot of time, I've experienced this directly where people are saying, that product manager is doing what I should be doing or that product, manager is do- product marketing manager is doing what I want to be doing or what I need to be doing or what's in my job spec. It's time wasted focusing on the incorrect thing. You're not focusing on building and communicating your product, you're focusing on who's doing what work. If your product marketing team do not understand deeply why you're building something, how can they message it? How can they effectively communicate it? How can they empathise with why we're building something? And if we're all being measured differently, we're going to be pulled in different directions. We're going to have different drivers and different motivators for why we do things and how we prioritise the work that we do. We're in the Alps. I'm Maria, I'm singing, I'm delighted with my life. It's a perfect scenario. If you have an ideal world, what would you change? How, what would your ideal world look like between product ma- uh, management and product marketing? Product managers, what would you want from your PMMs? Would you want them to understand what we're building and why? Be able to build our comms plans quickly and effectively and have clarity on the best way to position our product. Product marketing. In this ideal scenario, what would your product managers do or change? Would they engage you early and often in the roadmap process? Would they ask for your opinion and your experience on how we should solve a problem? Would you co-host customer calls to get that feedback together so that you're hearing it together. So if we look at, going back to the roles and responsibilities, when we break down the difference between product managers and product marketing managers, we often break it down to its most crude form, the lowest common denominator. Product marketers are into marketing and product managers are not. That is way too simplistic a view to have. So if we think about step back from kind of the roles and the titles that we have. And if we think about the type of work that we do, and if we consider that product marketing manager is focused on messaging out to the customer, to the end user, and the product manager is focused on internal alignment with the team and shipping and building and prioritizing. That's not to say that product managers are not focused on customers. That's just table stakes. Product managers need to be focused on customers but we're just looking at it from a tactical point of view and if you think of some of the tasks that the product manager when a product marketer would do looking at campaigns looking at sales enablement looking at the positioning and the messaging but if you look then at the pm PM world you like product features and priorities prioritization and trade-offs and that team alignment but then there's this glorious sweet spot where this synergy comes together and the collaboration and the magic happens. And that is the strategic point of of the process. Roadmap, go-to-market planning, competitive analysis, revenue. That's where those shared motivators, those shared drivers, those shared metrics come into place. At Zendesk, to kind of apply it in a more practical way, this is how we think about it. And, And this is specifically on my product, so our PMs are focused on the technical roadmap and the feature roadmap, on feature prioritisation and development, very much on team alignment, billing, security compliance, cross-product collaboration, all of those good things. And PMM are focused on the things you'd expect, them go-to-market, messaging, campaigns, sales enablement. But if you look at the shared components and the shared activities, that lists is as long nearly as both both do tactically on a day-to-day basis. We're actively and and we collaborate deliberately on launches. We look and collaborate deliberately on customer-facing roadmaps, all of our launch posts and communications, our customer analysis, segmentation, and how we report out on our product. Speaking specifically about Explore, um, I can say that we operate as a team. And not just a name, or because we were told to, because that's how our organization is set up, but because we, have, we pull in the same direction. We have the same drivers and motivators when we think about product and, and product marketing. And those motivators are simply have happy, delighted customers, have more happy, delighted customers, increase our share price, increase and drive revenue, right? So like, they're very high level, but they're all the things that we're driving forward, and they're the things that we think about and pull forward together. Zendesk is a highly distributed organization. We have over 3,500 people globally. My team is no different to that and is not immune to it. I have product managers in San Francisco, Dublin, London, and Montpellier. And my product marketing partners are in San Francisco. So like, how, what gives me the right to say that we're a highly collaborative team? How can I show you that despite all the tyranny of distance and those time challenges and not being in the same location and have differing, differing um, priorities how, or different focus areas, how can we be highly effective? One of the things that's core to this, and if you haven't read Brene Brown's Dare to Lead... Please do if you take nothing else away from my talk. Only when diverse perspectives are included, respected, and valued can we start to get a full picture of the world. Now, if you apply that to your product and how you're building your product, the more opinions, yes, sometimes more opinions, the more experience and the more backgrounds that people can bring to the table will only make for a more rounded, thoughtful product. So what have we tried? I mean, we're by no means a perfect team. We're perfectly imperfect, as I said, but it's working well. We're very clear on our roles and responsibilities. We all have job specs. We all know what we're meant to do. But there's gray, and that gray is there to allow us to leverage people and their experience and their interest and their own motivators. It means that if you are in product marketing, but you have a tendency to want to work on a little bit of product, the scope to do that, whether you're working and contributing on the strategy or whatever it may be. And also it means that when product put their hand and have an opinion on what to do in marketing, you're not kind of blocked from it. There's that grey there. And when people feel that they can do their best work because they're able to do what they're motivated by, what they're interested in, where they feel they've got a level of expertise... That only makes for a happy team and a motivated team and a team that's going to grow um, in all ways. This to me is very important. Product marketing are deliberately part of our product org. They're not a team that we bring in at the end when we want to do a launch. They have a seat at the table. When, when we do our quarterly and our biannual strategic planning, PMM are there. They're part of the conversation. They're contributing. They have something to say. They have other views that we don't have. They have different perspectives. When we're doing our prioritization or our customer calls, our product marketing partners are always brought in um, to those things. And then, you know, tying into that, they're part of all our communication channels. So like every organization, we have 4,000 Slack channels. And in those 4,000 Slack channels, um, the PMMs are actively involved, right? So, you know, they're not, there isn't like a product marketing channel that's in there. No. They're in through all the conversations. They've got the context. They understand not only why we're doing things, but why we're not doing things. They understand the challenges. They're my representation in San Francisco, when I'm not there, to be able to talk about Explore, to be able to explain things. You know, I'll go into that now. So like, the impact of what we've done. So it's great that we've tried these things, but what has been the outcomes of those? We've aligned messaging up and down the organization. We are a highly distributed team, but I can guarantee you that if someone from our sales org spoke to Andrew, who's my PMM partner, and asked, why is that feature not on the roadmap? Andrew would be able to tell him why. If that same salesperson went, "Uh uh-huh, I'm just gonna call Vincent and Montpellier, uh, why is this feature not on the roadmap? He would get the same answer. Wouldn't necessarily be the same words, but it would be the same context. Alignment up and down the org in a highly distributed organization allows you to scale, it builds depth it builds trust within other people of the organization as well. If you've got the same people who are working on a product saying more or less the same thing, that's incredibly powerful. It also means that in one of the 4,000 Slack channels, when we have uh, customer support, internal customer support asking questions or customer success asking questions about the product or something on a customer, anybody on the team can jump in. Oftentimes, our product marketers will answer questions that deep on the product. They know it that well. Hugely powerful is the fact that you bring different ideas to the table—that idea of diverse perspectives. I've been in the room where we have built things that our product marketers have recommended over what the product teams thought we should build. Build Um, even—it just gives a different point of view. And in those times when we don't build what they want to do, and and that's fine too. But they're part of the conversation. They get the context from the beginning. They contribute to the context from the beginning. And there's no time, honestly, hand on heart, there's no time, zero time spent on saying, that's not my job, they're doing my role, get back in your lane. No, the focus is on driving and building product and communicating that best to our customers and our uh, prospects. Some example of the work we do together? It's lovely. But if you consider before you leave here, some of the things to reflect on, and I know it's easy for me to stand up here and say, we did these three things and we're amazing, but think about it. We, like, th- compare the PMM relationship or other relationships that are important to you building and shipping your product, and think about the time that you're investing in building those out and understanding how they should work. How much time have you actually invested in understanding that relationship between your, mar- your marketing partner and product? How well understood are your roles and responsibilities? Where in your organisation is that strategic sweet spot where you come together and work together and collaborate and leverage the power of those experiences and expertise? What shared metrics can you have to pull together to motivate the team? How can you increase alignment and reduce those handoffs? Reduce those assumptions that are made that affect your product and your customers. Identify the strengths and weaknesses of the people that you're working with. How can you leverage their interests or their expertise? It's only going to benefit your product and your team. And that's like regardless of your role. Be deliberate in that. Be deliberate in how you build that relationship. And ultimately, no matter what you do, Keep your customer at the heart of audio decisions. That's ultimately who we're working for. The customers we have today, the customers we don't yet have today, but hopefully we'll have tomorrow and the next day. Thank you for listening to the Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.